After the year we've had, you have got to be kidding. This is way over our heads, a weather and climate podcast. I'm Jim Dubois. Kenny Blumenfeld's a climatologist. Kenny, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. Are we kidding? Well, I, I kind of hope we are for a variety of reasons, but we'll get to that <laughs> a little year we've had. Are we kidding? <laughs> we'll get to that a little later. We are at the town hall in South Minneapolis, as we often are when we record on Sundays. This is Sunday evening, the 5th. No, I'm sorry. This it's is the 6th. No big deal. This is Sunday evening, the 6th it's of October. It's easy to forget. There we go. The Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. It all blurs together. Yeah. So we're teasing, but I guess before we talk about last week, let's talk about what might lie ahead here and what might be kind of a shock to us all if it comes to fruition. Well, we'll just give a real short tease then. Um, Yeah, there's a major storm system that is virtually certain to affect the upper Midwest, but there's a lot of unknowns. So later in the show, we'll talk about the the different trajectories of some of those unknowns, but we're talking about another large quantity of precipitation, but probably more interestingly and more importantly, we're talking about a surge of very cold air and probably the first snows of the year over a good part of Minnesota. And the question is exactly how far south does that snow make it and how much do we see? But that's kind of what we're looking at. Big, windy, sprawling storm system at the end of the coming week. That sounds ominous, Kenny. (laughs) Are you kidding me? I love it. All right. Well, let's recap. we got a lot of things to talk about tonight. First of all, uh, let's talk about the uh, month of September. We closed it out. How did it look? Was it another record precipitation month? Well, not in the Twin Cities, but just about everywhere else. This is probably, you know, we have kind of a hard time because of the way weather stations have come and gone. We have to kind of use a mapping technique to figure out what the wettest September is in Minnesota history, but it's quite likely that this was, if not number one, number two. This is a very, very wet September. Uh, Just to give you an example, parts of northwest Minnesota in the northwest corner had nine, ten inches of rain. Northwest corner of Minnesota had nine to ten inches of rain in September, and that's, that's three times normal for them. Parts of southwest Minnesota had nine, 10, 11 inches of rain in September. And that's two to three times normal. Parts of southeast Minnesota had 10, 11, 12 inches of rain. Uh, Around the Twin Cities, precipitation was only slightly above normal. And that's also true in parts of uh, northeast through west central Minnesota. But the entire state was above normal for precipitation. Uh, just extremely above normal in southeastern, southwestern, and northwestern Minnesota. About half the state appears to be about 200% of normal. So basically double or more what's normal for the month of September. So very wet month, lots of six, seven, eight inch totals all over the state for precipitation. So coming in with three point X or four inches in the Twin Cities area for September really wasn't nearly as impressive as what we were seeing in other parts of the state. And of course, Jim, this was not great news. Uh, Only in far northwestern Minnesota was this not really insult to injury. Uh, We've talked about this before, but that's one of the parts of the state that had been a little bit dry, or at least closer to normal for most of the year. They have snapped into a much wetter pattern since then, but uh, in southwestern Minnesota, in the Pipestone area, they did not need the rain. And certainly 
in the Rochester and Caledonia and Harmony areas, they did not need the rain. And if, if listeners didn't know, Rochester, during the month of September, so with three-plus months to go, during the month of September, Rochester broke its all-time annual precipitation record. So... Wow. <laughs> yeah. And they're sitting somewhere at 47, 48 inches already. So they're well above their record. They're heading towards 50 inches plus for the year. And, uh, you know, we can't we can't take, uh, you know, a, another run. One of these cities taking another run at last year's all-time precipitation total. We can't take that off the table yet, as long as we're in this wet pattern. But seems unlikely, but it's been very wet again. Well, we talked about the wet weather conditions in farm country in Minnesota. Yeah. And uh, now we're getting in a really serious situation because this is harvest time. Harvest time will be coming up in the next several weeks. Delayed, of course, because it was a late planting season. They got in really late. So now we've got wet farm fields that will conceivably delay harvest, and we may be staring down the possibility of frost, correct? Yeah, that, that is true. Now, uh, the farmers, however, are smart, and they're not sitting on their hands right now. So we it's Sunday as we're recording this. It was a nice, sunny, kind of breezy day. And that's actually really good. That's about as good as you can get this time of year for drying things out. So I can't guarantee that all of the water is going to get evaporated out of the fields. But with, uh, you know three to four dry windy days uh, this week that will help you know we're talking about temperatures in the 60s maybe even 70s and uh, sunshine and wind those are three good ingredients for removing water from the fields and I'm sure anyone driving out in rural Minnesota is going to see uh, farmers working in earnest to get what they can out of the fields okay well that's good news then and today yeah. was a beautiful day it was Twin Cities Marathon Day. They had wonderful oh, yeah. weather for it. Yeah. A great day to get some chores done. And it sounds like the next several days will be quite pleasant, too. Yeah, I think so. And, you know, after the week that we had, so, you know, it's been a couple weeks since we did this. On, uh, oh, now I don't even remember which day okay, it was. Okay, it was, was Monday, Monday, September 30th, the last day of the month. We had an 86 degree yes. high in Minneapolis, St. Paul. See, what would I do without you? Well, <laughs> What would I do without you? <laughs> and it was an exceptional day in several respects yes. because we had a 72 dew point, high dew Correct. point of 72 on Monday the 30th September. That was the highest dew point this late in the season ever Correct. recorded at MSP. Correct. And you could feel it. I mean, there was, you talk about close. It was a humid, sticky Day. And I think the heat index got up to 92, if I'm yeah, not mistaken. Yeah, with an 86 over 72, as we say. Yeah, you get uh, heat index into the low 90s. The uh, one of the things that we heard, and I, uh, people were reporting this all over, and it's something that you don't hear a lot about during the summertime. And it was, it, I think, had to do with that very high relative humidity, the fact that the temperature wasn't very high above the dew point. Uh, wet everything. So in the some of the basements of the some of the buildings at the U of M, the floors were wet. It looked like someone had mopped, but they had not. Uh, condensation on windows. People were noticing that they they couldn't seem to defog their windshields. Yeah, th- things were just sort of wet, and uh, I had spontaneous condensation on my desk chair at work. I mean, it was a uh, it was very humid. Uh, 
especially when in the category of relative humidity. It was very high considering how much moisture was in the air and how warm it was. So that was an unusual combination for us. Steamy, steamy day. And there was another parameter that day that kind of foretold the week ahead in terms of how much precipitation we got. And that was the, what's called the PWOD, precipitable yeah. water. And right. that was, I believe, a record high value for that day, if I'm not mistaken. I think we hit uh, sort of record for time of day, but okay. maybe not record not, for calendar day. Got it. Okay. Um, but the precipitable water is, as you know, or maybe, as you don't know, it's the sort of quantity of water in the atmosphere if you were to kind of wring it all out and let it precipitate. And this time of year, you know, we're really supposed to be drying down. So a typical day will have, you know, three quarters of an inch or less of precipitable water in the air because there's just not that much moisture to go around. So if you're sitting up close to an inch and a half or even close to an inch and three quarters, which we saw at certain parts of the day, that's way above... I mean, that's two times, two to three times what you'd normally get this time of year. A lot of moisture in the air. Uh, some of that then came out over the next couple of days. So we had a, a really wet day. What was it Tuesday? Yes. Right? Yeah. And uh, a lot of precipitation. And then, of course, it rained again uh, over the weekend with another kind of statewide precipitation event. So over the last week and a half, without much effort, a lot of areas got two to four inches of rain. And uh, some areas, a little more isolated, up in Aiken County and near Lake Mille Lacs, got that much rain in you know a couple hours uh, earlier in the week. So it was a very, it's been a wet period, and that just sort of punctuated that that wet month. And of course, it's kind of continued into October. And if you sort of think of where we've been this year, Jim, we've been with you know the exception of June. We've been in a persistently wet pattern. It's just, you know, if you think of what a year we've had. Starting at the end of January, we had some of the coldest air we've had in decades. And then we had, in February, more snowstorms, a higher frequency of snowstorms than we just about ever observed. Uh, we broke all kinds of snowfall records for February across Minnesota. The snowy weather continued into March and April. We had two major snowstorms in Minnesota in May. So this is how we had such late planting conditions. And then it got rainy in May too, as if that was really helpful. We kind of took June off, which was really opportune. I mean, could you imagine where we'd be if June had just continued? Oh my goodness. We, you know, farmers wouldn't have gotten anything in. Right. So June was really fortunate that it, it kind of dried out, but then we just got right back into it. July, we had multiple rounds of heavy precipitation. We had a bunch of days with really large hail somewhere in Minnesota. We had that day where it was super hot and the heat index was like 115 degrees. So that provided us with one of the largest apparent temperature contrasts we've ever measured in a given year with uh, you know, a heat index of 115 in July and a wind chill of what, negative 58 or negative 60 about in January, real cold real hot a lot of extremes and then we just kind of kept going with more rain in august and wet conditions in september and here we are yes we'll segue to that in just a moment going back again to monday the 30th the last yeah. day of september it seemed like all the ingredients were there for a big outbreak of severe weather save one factor and that had to do with the upper air and the fact that the temperatures above 
were not all that cold. So right. we more or less had an inversion, didn't we? Which yeah, we did. probably kept a cap literally on the severe weather. It was a pretty strong cap. So, uh, you know, in the evening, thunderstorms did develop west of the Twin Cities and they were pretty strong. But you're right, all the ingredients were there. So we had outstanding winds aloft, uh, meaning the, the wind speeds increased to, you know, over 60, 70 miles per hour, up, you know, just a few miles off the ground. And they were shifting from coming out of the south near the surface to the southwest, just above, you know, maybe uh, 200, 300 meters above the surface. And then to more like uh, coming out of the west, uh, once you get a few miles up. That kind of clockwise shift of the wind direction with height uh, is really excellent for helping storms isolate and rotate, especially when combined with those strengthening wind speeds with height. We had deep moisture in place because you already talked about the dew points. We felt it. Yeah, and it was warm. So we had, in many conditions, that type of day is a tornado day, hands down. It felt like tornado weather and is a solid sort of tornado producing type of day, except as you mentioned, there's this little lid, this layer of warm air aloft that was pretty stout, pretty, pretty robust, and that prevented the upward air motions because for the thunderstorms to really blossom and get really big and kind of out of control, you need air to rise. And for air to rise, it has to be less dense than the air around it. You know, it has to be uh, lighter by volume than the air around it. And the way that you achieve that is have the rising air be warmer than the air that's around it. So if you have warm air that's trying to rise and it goes into a layer of also warm air, it often won't be able to rise. So the, the upward motions that we ended up being able to achieve on that Monday were a little less pronounced than what we would see if that warm air had been removed or if we just had cold air in place aloft. And so we ended up with thunderstorms, but they never really became severe. And they just, they produced some, uh, you know, there was some heavy rain and some small hail, uh, but we were really close. And anybody who saw the storms saw the potential in them because there were these beautiful, uh, highly visible, really sculpted storms. So they kind of, to all the storm chasers and storm spotters, they sort of signaled, these things could mean business, but they were just short that, that one ingredient. So right. we got a good light show. Did you see the lightning? Oh, the lightning was beautiful. I shot some video of that. Oh, it was good. very, very impressive. Good. And that a lot of it seemed to be uh, from cloud to cloud. It didn't seem to be a lot of strikes, cloud to ground, or ground to cloud. Yeah. But just uh, cloud to cloud. It was in the clouds, and yeah. you'd actually see it kind of crawling through the anvil of the storm. It was, it was a beautiful. Real, night, mm-hmm. real nice type of lightning. And, Absolutely. you know, we got our third uh, half of an inch out of it for most places. It wasn't incredibly intense rain, but then, as you mentioned, then it, we got a better soaking on, on Tuesday <laughs> and then another soaking over the weekend. Yes, everything we still is looking lush, Kenny. Yeah. I was just marveling at that today. It, yeah, it doesn't look hard like to believe. Yet. Yeah, it's fall. So we better talk about what's coming. Okay, let's thing. do that. So, in other words, we've got uh, maybe two days ahead, maybe three days of pretty nice weather for this time of the year, dry things out a bit, but then things kind of go south. So let's say the typical listener hears this on Monday. We already know that Monday's good. Yes. Sunday's good. That's when we're recording. Sunday was great. Monday's going to be great. Tuesday looks phenomenal. I mean, this is kind of what fall is all about. uh, Breezy, warm, nice you know, kind of dry conditions and sunny. 
Wednesday also looks warm, but the clouds will start to roll in. And then as the, this low pressure system starts to move in from the west, we imagine clouds, some rain, some thunderstorms, and, and even though the warm air pump will continue to remain on for parts of Thursday, uh, it looks like uh, temperatures will stay in the 60s for much of that period, in, at least in eastern and southern Minnesota, but we're gonna see a lot of precipitation. But the big change, Jim, is what happens after Thursday, because from Tuesday night into Thursday morning, Thursday, maybe even afternoon, it appears like we just have a regular kind of fall weather system moving through with cold air behind it and uh, warm air out ahead of it and in the transition get some precipitation. There's nothing unusual about this. But all of the models take this kind of pedestrian weather system. And I mean, I should mention, the air behind it is cold enough that as that cold air boundary is advancing across the Dakotas, you see rain changing to snow, and you start seeing this kind of wave of accumulating snow working eastward across the Dakotas. But there's nothing unusual about that in October. I mean, this is, this is the season for you start to see accumulating snow, especially out to the west in the Dakotas. But then what happens is this low, as it passes somewhere over Minnesota or northwestern Wisconsin, we can't say exactly where, it's pretty far out yet, it's going to explode into a massive system. Wow. Gale of November type system. Oh my. Yeah. And, and there's high certainty among the weather models that this is going to happen. Now, we don't know exactly where, and of course we don't know exactly when, but the, the setup... We have this strong sort of trough. Hopefully listeners are at least familiar with the term trough, but you get this kind of U-shaped airflow that goes, and, and the bottom of the U is somewhere over the central or southern Rockies. And then we are on the east side, or the kind of, if you're looking at a map, we're on sort of what looks like the, the right arm of that U, and the flow is coming out of the southwest. Well, the configuration of the flow and the part of the U, the part of the trough that we're on, is really good for ventilating a low pressure system at the surface and just letting it just letting it sort of grow boundlessly for a period of 12 to 24 hours. And if this happens as the models suggest, then you go from this very ho-hum low pressure system, you know, again, Thursday sometime to a powerhouse, the type that has uh, you know, you only see once or twice or maybe three times a year with the pressure down in the 975 millibar range. Now that low pressure center will probably be out of our region at the time that it reaches its maximum intensity. It's going to be somewhere around Thunder Bay or over Lake Superior, or over Upper Michigan, somewhere off to the north or northeast. But because of that massive intensification, its circulation is just going to grow. It's going to expand across the whole region, and the winds are going to increase, and they're going to start pulling in really cold air from the northwest. And then that what had been that sort of pedestrian rain-snow line is going to kind of morph into a pretty substantial snow event. Now, what we don't know is where's the heaviest snow going to be, but almost all of the models that see out to the end of the week, we're talking Friday, Saturday, tell us that... There are going to be reportable wind chills in Minnesota. All right. Now they, they, we're talking about apparent temperatures, 
in some parts of the state that are probably going to go into the teens. And this is the 11th of October. We're talking about yeah. the 11th of October. So this <laughs> is all goodness. a full month before wow. you would normally expect it. Yeah. Full month early. Uh, then, uh, you know, we don't know how far into the Twin Cities is the really cold air going to get. That's unknown. How far south into Minnesota is it going to get? It does look, however, that once this cold front passes, you know, the gates are open. Temperatures are going to fall through the 40s into and possibly through the 30s and in some areas into the 20s and that's going to be accompanied by winds that are very strong 20 to 35 miles an hour and that's before you account for the gusts and then stronger gusts and uh so now if you take the fact the temperatures are going to fall uh, this isn't going to take a lot of rocket science here Add in the fact that this is a pretty powerful system. It's going to have a lot of moisture associated with it. And then add in the fact that the winds are really strong with those falling temperatures and that high amount of moisture. We could be talking about, in parts of Minnesota, one of the earliest blizzards on record. All right? It's too early to say, yeah, for sure, that's going to happen. It's too early to say where it's going to happen. It seems most likely somewhere in northwestern Minnesota. But... Even as we've seen some of the latest model runs, it could be almost anywhere in the, you know, anywhere in the state. It looks uh, most likely over northern and northwestern Minnesota, but uh, there have been suggestions in both the European model and our own American global forecast system model suggesting accumulating snows. It would be a slushy snow, but it would be a wind-driven slushy accumulating snow, even right here in the Twin Cities. So a lot to watch by the next time we talk. We'll know what actually happened and we'll know how, how far off we were. But right now it looks like really warm Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and even into Thursday. And then a big change with much colder conditions. Lots of precipitation kind of marking that transition and some of that precipitation falling as snow. That all seems kind of like a baseline almost guarantee. Th then the question is how much of that snow falls as heavy snow where does it fall? How far south does it go? Those are all still unknown, but we could be looking at, you know, some of the models, Jim, they were showing unbelievable snowfall totals. I mean, we were looking at uh, the global forecast system model has been consistently producing a bullseye of over 30 inches of snow wow. in parts of far northern Minnesota, northwestern Minnesota. Now, this time of year, you're going to lose some accumulation to warmer ground, but uh, a system like that can overcome warm ground pretty quickly, too. So those totals might be overdone, but we've been seeing consistent signs of one to two feet of snow in the heart of this storm. So it looks like a, a major weather system, and with those winds, you'd be looking at closed roads, yeah, an all-out blizzard in uh, October. So wow. react. Well, I don't <laughs> want to make any kind of comparison here because I, I think it would be, at this point, very premature to do that. But... If we look back at the Armistice Day blizzard of 1940, sure. would you have any concerns? You know, it's the time of the year. People are out looking at fall colors. Uh, I believe hunting season might be underway. I'm not sure for which uh, species at this point, but there might be people there outdoors. There be people outside right. either way, yeah. Will this be a dramatic drop in temperature and a rapid change in weather conditions that could catch potentially people off guard if they don't have the proper clothing or shelter to account for? It would be, but I have some faith that very few people are going to go outside without a recent weather forecast yes, in mind. You would, yeah, a little different than it was yeah. back in yeah. 1940. Uh, I mean, I don't I don't want to have blind faith in that, but I, 
pretty confident that most people will have had a heads up. Also, it's not the kind of condition where it's going to be gorgeous and people are going to be parked outside for days and days and days. I mean, once that rain starts, you're going to kind of get the memo that things are changing and the rain's going to start and things are going to cool down the temperatures are going to drop. You know, we've had a lot of rapid transition storms here in Minnesota. It's uh, certainly not unheard of, but yeah, there are, there are some similarities. Uh, I thought you were going to say the Halloween blizzard. Well, uh, now, would that be a better comparison no. at this point or still not? Okay. No, I, th- I think that right now what we're seeing on the charts doesn't make any sense. I can't say okay. I've seen a lot like it. Uh, we know historically that there have been some weather systems that happened so long ago we can't really... We don't know what they look like on the maps or on the charts, but uh, we hear from the stories that you know they, they maybe were kind of like this, where it was warm, and then it was warm and rainy, and then it was cool and rainy, and then it just, boom, it was snowing everywhere. But I don't have a good comparison for this. Okay. Um, you know, just because you get a, lo- a lot of snow in October doesn't mean it's the same reason that you had a lot of, or the same way that you had a lot of snow in October a different time. The... Uh, the Halloween blizzard was a very traditional, just huge uh, winter storm. The Armistice Day storm, as you discussed, was a little less traditional because it had that warm air out ahead of it. It had a lot of rain changing over to snow. Uh, a lot of parts of Minnesota saw rain and ice and snow, and it had a greater sort of total temperature range. So those are different, uh, but this one looks interesting before we start making historical comparisons this one certainly looks like if we were to see and this is this is something you can say a lot if what we see on the models actually happens then this will be a historic storm but the asterisk there is that there's a lot of things that can make the weather not be the way that it looks like it's going to be on the models i mean the models might be overdoing the precipitation. They might be overdoing the amount of time that the precipitation is falling as snow. They might be overdoing the cold air. They might be underdoing any one of those things too. I mean, that's also possible, but uh, all we can say is that if this thing happens the way it looks like it could happen, we're gonna be, we'll be talking about it for a while, but that's all against the backdrop of this insane year that we've already had, and it's right. hard to know how where it's going to stand out against you know the great blizzard of february or the other great blizzard of april or the other other great blizzard of april or may right exactly who knows exactly it's been quite a year to say the least sure has well kenny quick recap for the upcoming week sure so enjoy the first part of the week don't blow it get out there enjoy it it's going to be sunny it's going to be kind of breezy it's going to be warm-ish, you know, above normal temperatures for the most part. So enjoy that because it, a big change is coming. Uh, and we can all, but we can pretty much guarantee colder weather from, you know, late Thursday into the weekend, the coming weekend. And we can all but guarantee precipitation. Stuff that's up in the air with that storm system is how much snow falls and where does the snow fall. But those things are uh, all on the table. So busy weather week after we get past uh, these nice days through Wednesday. Well, I'm sure we'll have a lot to talk about when we get together again in about a week's time here, Kenny. This is Way Over Our Heads. It's a weather and climate podcast. I'm Jim Dubois, Kenny Blumenfeld's climatologist. Kenny, have a great week. You also, Jim. Thank you.